Hey, I'm Austin and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. The Christmas season is often described as the most wonderful time of the year. Between parties, new gadgets, and never-ending food, it is truly wonderful. But all of these activities bring their own levels of stress, chaos, and expense. Often it's just too much. Too much to do, too much to eat, too much to buy. Is it time to say goodbye to too much? What if this Christmas season had a true focus on the advent of the one who changed everything? What if we reinvent Advent? Join Valley Point Church this December as we intentionally choose to experience Advent in a new way with less stress and more joy, real joy, lasting joy. Let's reinvent Advent. This is the Sunday before Christmas, and I'm really glad that you're here today, and here's why. We get the chance collectively as a group to kind of step back and pause and think before all of the celebrating and the fun and the food and consider this. Why are we even doing this? All right, that's a fair thing to ask, isn't it? Why do we even bother with all of this? Why Christmas? Why presents? Why candles? Why fruitcake? Still trying to figure that one out, and God bless all of you who love fruitcake, but I kind of personally think those are things that probably shouldn't be together. And so why fruitcake? Why holiday cheer? Why bad Christmas sweaters and ties? Why? We now have four candles that have been lit, meaning that the advent or the coming of Christ is very near. The first candle is called the candle of hope. The second candle is known as the candle of love. The third candle is called the candle of joy. And by the way, Jesus is hope. He is love. He is joy. He is all of these things. He delivers them. He brings them. That's the definition of who Jesus really is. And so this morning we've lit the fourth Advent candle and it's known as the candle of peace. And it reminds us that when God sent His only Son, He came to deliver not just peace to the world, but also peace into all of our hearts individually. And if God did this, and I believe that He did, then He is absolutely incredible. And it means that God has the ability to give to each and every one of us to offer to every single person hope, love, joy, and peace. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to ask and answer a very simple question. And that question is, is God worth following? Is he? Before we ask and answer that, let's just pause and pray together. Father, we step into your presence today and we're grateful on this Sunday before Christmas that we get a brief opportunity here just to pause before all of the fun and the celebrating and really consider why is it that we do this? Why all of this stuff? Why all of the generosity? Why all of this holiday cheer? And God, ultimately, it centers around this question of, are you worth following? 
And God, if you are, then we can have amazing celebrations and we can lift that up and rejoice and have hope and love and joy and peace. But God, if you're not, then we're in a lot of trouble. So God, just help our minds to be open this morning. Help us to push away all of the events of the next couple of hours and days and all of the stuff that needs to get done yet in our schedules and really consider what you want to say to us. God, give us a great morning, a great celebration right here at Valley Point Church. I do pray in Jesus' name, amen. Is God worth following? I think there's probably three different groups in the room, and so I want to talk to these three different groups, and then at the end, when we walk through our takeaways, we'll come back to these three different groups. So as we think about this question, is God worth following? Group number one would say, yes, God is worth following. Absolutely he is, and there is no doubt in your mind, and you love God, and you've embraced him, and you've trusted in him alone, and you would say God is worth following all of the time, on good days and bad days, when you feel up, when you feel down, when the eagles win, or when the eagles lose, God is still worth following all of the time. Group number one, really glad that you're here, and I believe that you're going to walk away from our time together encouraged. But then there's a second group. And group number two would respond to that question, is God worth following, by saying, yeah, most of the time. So it's not an absolute yes, all of the time, every day, good days and bad days. It's more of a, yeah, he's worth following most of the time, but I still want to hang on to a few pieces that I can control and that I can guide in my own life. And yeah, I've trusted in God, and I've believed in Him. There's no doubt about that in my mind. But I don't know if He's worth following all of the time. Most of the time, yeah, I got that down, and I can say yes to that, but I don't know about all of the time. Group number two, glad that you're here today. And I think that you're going to walk away from our time challenged, in a good way. And then there's group number three. And your response to that question, is God worth following, would be no. He's not worth following at all. And maybe you would say that because you don't believe there is a God. Or maybe you would say, I've given God a shot, but he hasn't come through for me. He hasn't delivered for me. He hasn't shown up for me. And there's this big disappointment with your perception of what God should do and could do in your life, and that really hasn't happened. And so you would say, no, God is not worth following at all. No, 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 no to all of this. Group number three, really glad that you're here today. And I want you to know that this is a safe place for you to feel that way. And I think that you're going to walk away from our time together intrigued. So we're in this room together and we're thinking about following someone. You know, the idea of following is kind of interesting and here's why. Because nobody really talks about it. And there's probably some good reasons for that, but ultimately we're all following someone or something. And so I guess the real question becomes, is that thing or is that someone worth following, right? But this whole following thing, nobody talks about it. 
Here's what we talk about all of the time. Leadership. Lead, 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 or get out of the way. And we say this all of the time. And everybody wants to be a leader, but nobody really talks about this following piece. The other day I was looking at some of the books in my library. And I love books. I buy them all of the time. I enjoy reading. And so over the years I've collected a small little library. And I was just looking at the different shelves And I noticed that there are just all kinds of books and all kinds of titles that deal with the subject and the issue of leadership. Just all kinds of books. Here's just five of the titles I found on my shelves. How the Best Leaders Lead. The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Developing the Leaders Around You. Developing the Leader Within You. And Leadership Essentials. And there were a lot more. And then I began to look for a book that described following. And what does that even mean? And how do you do that? And what's the result if you truly follow someone or something? And I couldn't find a single book. So a lot of books about leading. And this is what we're told to do. Lead, 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 or get out of the way. But nobody is really talking about following. And what does that even look like? How do you define that? What does it mean if you truly follow someone? I remember going on a trip with my parents several years ago, and my parents always got lost everywhere that we went. And by everywhere, I mean absolutely everywhere, and there was always this tension between my mom and my dad, and they would get really animated, and I would sit in the back seat, and I always found that to be amusing and funny because they're getting after it and starting to get heated and yelling at each other, and I don't know if we're ever going to arrive, but this is entertainment in the back seat right here. I mean, it's good. And so we were going to visit some friends that had moved to a new state, and we hadn't been to their home yet, and so we got the invitation, and we got into the car, and we began to travel. And my dad really relied on my mom for directions. And this was the days before GPS, right, where you actually had to take out a piece of paper and a map and unfold that and look at it. Does anybody remember those days? Yeah, good old-fashioned maps. And so my dad would rely on my mom to give him the right directions, and we're going to head north, and then we're going to go this way, and we should be able to arrive. But inevitably, we always got lost. And so as we were taking this trip, of course, we were lost once again as we were finding our way to our friend's home. So my dad pulled up to a stop sign, and there was no one behind us, and he kind of slammed the car into park, which is always a sign that it's going to get really interesting here. And he looked at my mom, and he said, Judy, which way do we turn? And my mom pulled out the map, and she's doing the thing where she's turning it, which is always a bad sign. And she said, well, Frank, we're going to turn right, and in about a mile, we should be able to find their home. My dad said, great. He put the car in drive, proceeded to light up the tires like I had never seen before, and he made a hard left-hand turn, and in about a mile, we found the driveway with the wrong turn. So now we always joke with my mom, hey, which way do we go, and we probably need to go the opposite way, and I remember laughing hysterically because this is the funniest thing that I'd ever seen in my life that my dad would just light up the tires like that. See, following, nobody really likes to follow. Everybody wants to kind of chart their own course. And so let's go back to this big question here. 
And that is, is God worth following? And if he is, what are some of the things that I might need to consider? So is God worth following? The answer to that is yes, God is worth following. And what I want to do today is look at a story in Scripture that I think is really going to help us. So here's our big idea for today. Just two words, and that is follow closely. Follow closely. This is what God wants from us, and it's what God wants for us that we would follow closely. Is that an easy thing? No, it's not easy at all, but it is possible. The story that we're going to look at today is written by a guy named Matthew. And Matthew is one of the close followers of Jesus, and he was a great friend. And this is how Matthew describes the birth or the advent of Jesus. This is Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. Now, the idea of the word good there is that he was upright, he was righteous, he was virtuous, he was a keeper of the commands of God. So there's nice guys in life, And then there's really, really good guys. Joseph is one of the good guys. He's virtuous. He is a keeper of the commands. Like, there is no doubt about his character. He was a good man. And he did not want to disgrace Mary publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Like, we're done here. As he considered this, that word considered means to ponder, to think, to deliberate, to contemplate. And so... As Joseph was considering all of this and debating the actions in his mind, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to Fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. The word did there means he acted rightly. He executed. He carried out the plans that had been given to him. So when he got the new information about what really had happened to Mary and how she became pregnant, he was willing to execute. He was willing to pull it off. So is God worth following? This is what we want to consider. When you read this story and you think about the earthly father of Jesus whose name was Joseph, he would answer yes to that. God is worth following. And if there is anybody who had the right to run and go in the opposite direction and say, this is too much, I'm just not going to go there, I can't handle all of this, it's Joseph, but yet he made an intentional choice to do something that changed his life, and that is he chose to follow closely seems that we know a lot about Mary, 
the mother of Jesus. And there's a lot of different stories about Mary interacting with Jesus throughout his life. But we don't get a lot of information about Joseph, the earthly father. But in this Advent narrative, we find Joseph, this good man, this upright man. He's a good guy doing something that is absolutely incredible. Now, let's be honest. Let's keep it real, all right? This is kind of bizarre. This story is a little out there, and it's a little strange. And some of you are probably wondering, did this actually happen? And it did. So let's try to imagine what this scenario might look like if it happened today, right? So Mary comes to Joseph, and they're engaged to be married. And she says, Joseph, I want you to sit down because I've got some hard news to deliver to you. And I want you just to relax and hear me out on this, all right? So here's the deal. I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby, and it's not your baby. Of course, you know that because we haven't done anything yet. So it's not your baby. But here's the deal, Joseph. It's really not any other man's baby either. This is God's baby. And I'm going to have his son. We're going to name him Jesus. And this is all going to be great and wonderful. What do you think, Joseph? So the picture you get of Joseph, because we see this in all of the plays and the manger scenes, is that he's got a long beard. And so he's probably doing a little bit of this as he takes in all of this information. And he probably looks at Mary and says, right. Yeah, you're going to blame being pregnant on God. Like, this is a great thing here, Mary. And I don't believe you. As a matter of fact, Mary, you're not even the person I thought you were. And we were engaged, and we were committed to each other, and we were being loyal and faithful, and now you're pregnant, and I don't want any part of this. I don't want to raise somebody else's kid. What have you done, Mary? And let's just call this whole thing off. Let's just end it right now. See, so often we think of the manger scene as being all cute and cuddly, and there were no issues, and a little baby is born, and it's all grand and wonderful. But when you walk through The Advent narrative, as described in Matthew chapter 1, you discover that there is great tension between Joseph and Mary. And Joseph's trying to figure out what to do. We know he wanted out of the whole situation because that's what it says in verse 19. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. He was upright. He was righteous. And he did not want to disgrace Mary publicly. He didn't want any of the drama at all. But he didn't want any part of what was coming. He's like, I'm done. I'm out. You're not the person I thought you were. And so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And it was in that moment that we see more miraculous things happening in this whole Advent story. And that is God sends another messenger. He sends an angel to Joseph and delivers the rest of the story. Here's how Mary got pregnant, and here's what I'm looking for from you. And God opened up a whole new venue of obedience and servanthood for Joseph, and he walked through that. He followed closely and took Mary as his wife. Now, think about this. I want you to lean in. So if you've dozed off, kind of wake back up, because I want you to hear this. There is real tension between Joseph and Mary. 
All right, these things actually happen. This is not a made-up fairy tale story. It actually happened. There's real tension here. And in the middle of that tension between Joseph and Mary, Joseph makes the choice to do the opposite of how he felt and follow closely. And I believe God rewarded him tremendously for making that choice. In the middle of tension, Joseph decides that he's going to do the opposite of what he felt like doing, and he followed closely, and God really blessed him. Again, we don't know a lot about Joseph and the different things that happened in his life. As a matter of fact, the last time we hear about Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, Jesus is 12 years old. But we do know this, he loved Jesus, and he taught him the trade of carpentry. He gave him a great education, and he took his family every year to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, and that's something that Jesus continued to do throughout his lifetime. Joseph was a good guy. He was a good guy, and I believe one of the things that drove him was his desire to follow closely, even when it didn't make a lot of sense, and even when he had every right and every opportunity to say, I am out, I am done with this. And so I want to share with you just a few thoughts from the life of Joseph that I think will help all of us as we approach the advent of Jesus in just a few days to follow closely. First of all, following closely doesn't always make sense. It just doesn't. When you think about going hard after God and really being obedient to Him, sometimes it just doesn't make sense and God is often counterculture, and that can be very difficult for us. It certainly didn't make sense for Joseph. Again, bizarre, kind of a strange story. I'm sure at some point Joseph thought, I need to be a stranger to all of this and just go live my life. But yet he made the choice to follow closely, and following closely doesn't always make sense. Secondly, following closely sometimes involves risk. But in a unique way, it's that risk that often leads to peace in our hearts. And we don't get that peace. We don't get that feeling of calm that God plants into our hearts without that risk on the front end. Thirdly, following closely generally leads to more direction and guidance from God. But again, that more doesn't come until we take the risk and we follow closely. So following closely, it doesn't always make sense. Often it involves risk. And following closely generally leads to more direction and more guidance from God. So here's our takeaways on this Sunday. And I want to go back to our three groups and kind of give a different takeaway for each group. So for group number one, You would answer that question. Is God worth following? You're like, yeah, absolutely. He's worth following. Good days, bad days, everything in between. I've trusted. I've believed. I am following Jesus. He's worth it all of the time. Here's the takeaway for you. Take a risk. All right? Because what often happens for people who have been following Jesus for a long time is they get comfortable and it becomes easy and there's safety in there and we rarely move outside the bounds of what we're comfortable with. And so if you say that Jesus is worth following and that God is worth it, then I want to encourage you, if you feel safe in that, it's time to take a risk 
And I think God will give you that risk at the right time. Maybe it involves seeking forgiveness from someone that has offended you or giving forgiveness to someone who may never come to you. Maybe it involves some type of financial risk and sacrifice. Maybe it involves a risk of having a conversation with someone and inviting them into this place. And you've been hesitant to do that because you're fearful of what the response might be. Maybe it's that kind of risk. That's between you and God. But if you say that God is worth following, then you need to consider taking a risk again. That's group number one. Group number two says, yeah, God's worth following most of the time, but I don't know about all of the time. Here's the takeaway for you. And that is, put God back in the driver's seat of your life. Just put him back there. That's where he wants to be. That's where he belongs. That's what he asks of us. But often we kind of like to reverse the roles and we put ourselves in the driver's seat and we ask Jesus to get in the back or maybe we ask him to get out of the car altogether. Well, it's time to pick him back up and put him in the seat that he wants to be in so that he can be driving and guiding our lives and we can truly say that we are following closely. So if that's where you feel that you're at on this Sunday, then I just encourage you, put Jesus Put God back in the driver's seat of your life and allow him to call the shots. For group number three, for those who would say, no, God is not worth following. And maybe that's because you don't believe there is a God or you've just been disappointed with him in some way. Your takeaway is this. I would just challenge you and encourage you to start the journey by trusting in Jesus alone. You may not have all the answers. And you may not get everything lined up exactly the way that you want in order to make that faith decision. My challenge would be just start the journey and allow God to do something in your heart that will help you understand that He truly is worth following. And I want to give you the chance to do that in just a moment. So is God worth following? I don't know. When you walk through this story in Matthew chapter 1, we see a tremendous example of someone who was confused and frustrated and aggravated and ready to walk away from what God wanted for him. But God gave him the right information at the right time. And Joseph wisely chose to follow closely. And it just made a huge difference in his life. So is God worth following He is. So the challenge on this Sunday, before we're about to celebrate the advent or the coming of Jesus, is follow closely. Follow closely. Because he's worth it. Father, again, we just come before you and we're so thankful for this information that we find in Matthew chapter 1 that really helps us to understand and know that you are worth following. And God, even when we don't get it and even when we don't understand everything, we're here today and we want to say that we want to get in this lane of saying that we're ready to follow closely and do what Joseph did. And even when it doesn't feel right, God, I pray that you'd help us to do something that is remarkable, really, And that is to put our feelings aside and to go with truth 
the truth of what we find in your words about how following you is worth it. So God, I pray for everybody in this room that you would just help us to make the right decisions as we walk out of here in just a moment. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want to talk to the three different groups that are here in this room. For group number one, maybe it's just time for you to take that risk. And maybe God's been whispering that into your heart even right now or maybe even before you got in this room about something that you need to do, some step you need to take, somebody that you need to be made right with, whatever that might look like. Would you just be willing to take that risk? And in doing that, I believe God will bring peace into your heart. For those of you who'd say you're in group number two, would you just talk to God right now about taking yourself out of the driver's seat and putting him there and trusting what he's doing in your life? and following closely with him leading the way. And I believe in doing that, you'll find peace in your heart. Maybe you're here and you've kind of resisted God and you're not so sure about him, but yet he's kind of whispering some things into your heart about trusting in him alone. Even though it might not make sense and even though you don't have all of the answers, you're just there and you're ready to do that, I would encourage you in the quietness of this hour from your heart to God's ears, just say something like this to him. Dear God, I know, I just know that I've messed up my life. And I know that you sent the gift of Jesus for me. And right now I trust in him alone to save me. And I embrace his leadership and his forgiveness in my life. Thank you for saving me. I want to say if that's something that you've offered up to God for the very first time, this will be your greatest Christmas ever, your greatest Advent, because you now have this wonderful opportunity in front of you to follow closely the one who came for you. Advent, for you. And I believe you'll find peace in your heart. So God, as we just continue to respond to you and think about what you want to whisper into our hearts, God, help us to be open to whatever it is that you want from us. God, ultimately, would you help us to walk out of here with a great desire to follow, to simply follow you and what you want for us because you are worth it. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.